Hi, everybody. For Ricky Smith, it all started when he was at his lowest point in his life. He was divorced. He was homeless in Los Angeles and had about 20 bucks to his name. But as a last ditch kind of a, a move, and, and perhaps even a way to say the hell with the rest of you in the world, he spent that last $20 on pizza. And his plan was to give it away to the homeless, handing out those slices to complete strangers. Ricky Smith is a man that makes things happen. A man who looks at the good in people and also tries to salvage for individuals who are going through a tough time the best possible outcome. He started Rake, which is random acts of kindness everywhere. He uses social media to the utmost degree in order to get responses from people in cities all over the country to do good for others. And he's a podcaster along with Angel Gray from the Cleveland Cavaliers basketball broadcasts. He and others talk sports. He's a Clevelander who lives and dies with the sports teams right here in town. He's just an individual that you take notice of because he's doing a lot to help make the world a better place. And I thought it would be just awesome to sit down with Ricky and have a chat on this edition of Tellage Talks. And I certainly hope you, here in the holiday time of the year, enjoy our chat. Here's Ricky Smith on Tellage Talks. The man, the myth, the legend, comedian, entrepreneur, uh, let me think of some other titles here for you. Uh, guy who does a lot for the community, which we'll get into. Uh, Ricky Smith with us today. And There's Ricky, no applause. You have no, like... It's, it's just... Uh, Scarlett, my dog, uh, nothing. We're best Crickets. friends. We're best friends. Though. Crickets. Yeah, you guys are already buds. Um, and now 10 episodes in or so yeah. to your new podcast with yeah. Angel Gray. Uh, tell us about it. What's, it's, what's it called? Uh, it's and called what, what Random Acts of Podcasting. Uh, it's a sports podcast, but we don't talk much sports. Uh, just I'm a comedian, TV writer. She's a person with a background in basketball, played at Florida State, started as a freshman, actually. Um, but she's silent reporter for the Cavs, and she has done play-by-play for WNBA teams and a bunch of other stuff. So it's just us coming together. We're a lot of, like, really good friends and just our, our takes on things. Mine are comedic a little bit sometimes, but uh, come with little facts and stuff. So it's just fun. It's been fun for us. And... I got approached by doing a podcast for years, but I didn't want to do it unless I found a perfect fit. And so, she worked out there. Perfect, way. perfect. She reels me in. Uh, we, we, we fight like brothers and sisters, but um, at the end of the day, we think alike. And there's a lot to fight about. Cleveland there's sports. A, <laughs> there, Can seems I talk like you off the ledge here? Man, it seems like we're <laughs> always in the news. Like I tweeted the other day that we actually won a game, and yet it seems to be more drama. You're talking about last Sunday against last the Bengals. Sunday, Absolutely. But, but even the Steelers. Yeah. The, the first time we beat him here at home in Cleveland, and we have Helmet Gate. So it seems like it's always something, but I think that adds to the uh, pedigree or the, uh, the the mind state of Clevelanders. Um, kind of woe is me, but it's 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 fun. It's we're invested in our sports, yeah. even when our sports teams aren't invested in us. But I think that's the fun of it. It's kind of strange too, because like I've been covering sports for 15,000 years here in Northeast Ohio, and there haven't been many winning, but there's been so many great stories and so many interesting personalities to cover over the years. 
that my job has never lacked for either drama or special attention or any of those things. And it's always been fun to meet some of these athletes and get their personal stories, even when they're on teams that aren't yeah. successful. And I, I think sometimes fans get so wrapped up into it that they, they just can't understand or or feel that things are things are something that they should enjoy. Well, well even when things are quiet, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours, has been a huge fan of yours for years. Just even perspective, I, I lived in San Diego for a bit, and I would talk smack in San Diego, still being a Browns fan. They go, oh, I don't play for the team. It just ends right there. Nobody is diehard about Cleveland like Cleveland. But even when things are smooth, the Wahoo, that was the <laughs> argument right. debate for years. Uh, even the Browns changing their colors. It's always just something. But I think I think part of it comes we're so passionate, so things that might not be a big deal. If you change the colors of, you know, uh, let's say – the Detroit Lions. Okay. I don't think their fans are like, oh, change them back. Or, you know, there's a parade that we go and, you know, don't win a game. I just think we're so invested, which I think is cool, to be honest with you. My dad is my best friend, truly. And I don't know if we're that close if we don't have the sports teams. That's really that, the, the yeah. epoxy, the glue. Uh, first time I heard him swear was uh, <laughs> Jordan, the okay. shot. Shot, uh, yeah. Watched the fumble, watched the drive with him. <laughs> uh, he was out of town uh, when we won it all physically with the Cavs. But the next day was actually Father's Day. Yes. And I actually brought him the newspaper and the shirt, the championship shirt. I flew it down to where we were, to where they were on vacation. So it's, it's, it's engulfed. I mean, even this year, the All-Star game. I went with my mom and dad to see the baseball All-Star game. Um, threw the first pitch at the Indians game this year. Mom and dad were there. Growing up, I played baseball. But I had, you know, I got to I'm gonna show my age here. And I'm going to show you just how much I joke that I'm a... Uh, Probably one of the few African-American baseball fans left. <laughs> but my favorite player was uh, Julio Franco and Corey Snyder. And, yeah. Uh, uh, the who, 80s Who guys. played third base? Uh, Mel. Uh, 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 Jacoby. Jacoby. Brooke Jacoby. Brooke Jacoby. Brooke Jacoby. And Kenny Adi. And I can keep going. Oh, my God. And these are names I haven't even thought about or said since then. But just they, they weren't even good. Looking back as a kid. Uh, who's my guy at the home runs? Uh, 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 Andre Joe, Thornton. Joe, oh, Andre Joe Carter, but I'm going back. Joe Andre, Carter, Andre, Andre Thornton. Thornton. Andre Thornton was like the first slugger I covered. Yeah, so that was 80. that was the first games I would go to Municipal Stadium. And the joke was you would go and you could sit wherever. I you remember, could. The, remember those big troughs? <laughs> we used the restroom. Oh, and mind yeah. you, I'm like five years old, so it's like right at my level, which <laughs> is always like a, a nightmare. But for me, it's been, you know, I remember Phil Hubbard years in basketball and, and uh, World Be Free. George and, Carl. Mm-hmm. I remember World Be Free showing up in Richfield mm-hmm. via helicopter. I remember driving as a kid to Richfield and one way in, one way out. Yes. And they were just, it, it looked, it had no distinct features of this arena. So when you come out, you better hope you knew where your car was because you're just there. But these were things to me. I remember Ron Harper, uh, you know, uh, Mark Price, Larry Nance, Hot Rod Williams. Like, I remember the trade. I actually cried when, uh, when they traded Harper. Yeah, Danny Ferry. Because yeah. here's this guy that, Ah, see, you got me. But these are things that stories that that I think molded me and made me. And just these are things that um, watch the slaughter and the dance and and and, and the dog Pink pound. Pink shoes orange. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yep. yeah. Third down guy was Brian Brenham. Like Brian Brenham. This guy would just do whatever. See, I'm getting excited now. Chills. But those are just things I think made us. When you're that invested, at such an early age, I don't know how to disconnect. I don't know how to not be emotionally involved. And I know it's a different time for players. What, what was the question you asked me, John? I, it, was six, <laughs> it was six weeks ago. <laughs> no, but it, I, I, it's funny because I didn't even think about it until we just started yeah. talking now. And that's part of why we're so invested. Well, because... I think we were getting into the beginning part about uh, the guys 
uh, fans saying, you don't, you know, the kids today, you've had it great, and we, you didn't suffer the way yeah, we did. Yeah. And, and, hey, everybody suffers to their own degree. 100%. But I, I think, too, and I'm just kind of spitballing right here, I think times are different. I think I have two nephews who are into sports, but they're not Browns fans. And they go, oh, you know what, the Browns stunk. They just like football in general. But I don't have a smartphone. I didn't have other outlets. It was yeah. one TV in the house. Yeah. Dad's watching the Browns. We're watching the Browns. It's not, um, you know, I can go play this video game system. It's not this. Even though I play video game system, I had to ask Dad because we only had one or two TVs. Right. Now it's so many different ways. It's the players. I was thinking about the other day, and you, you can speak 100% to this. There was blackout games or yes. home games. Yeah, I can speak to it literally 1964. I'm 11 years old before the Browns played in the championship, and I was blessed to be able to be there. But the games leading up to it, my dad and friends would take me and my brother and a couple of the other little kids. We'd go to a hotel in Toledo, mm-hmm. yeah. and we'd be able wow. to see the game. Yeah, there. we we somehow could get a weird feed from Canada. But <laughs> just for the people listening, um, I believe it was if it was a home game and it wasn't sold out, they didn't play it on TV. Correct. And so that me and my dad would listen to a radio. And it sounds like we're talking about 1920s. But even with just TV, like the, the Browns, I know now is only one game locally. But if you have uh, direct TV with the, with the red Yeah, the red, red zone, zone channel. There's so many options. There's there so many, you know, and, and the league itself, and I think the NBA kind of paid with a way for spotlighting players with Magic and Bird and kind of saving it. So, you know, football's a little different because they have helmets on. But I think it's hard for to tell a, a Cleveland kid at – my nephew's 18. Okay. Uh, they came back in 99, so that's 20 years. So he's only seen... Crap. Yeah. Pretty much. And it's hard to tell him, like, oh, you're from Cleveland. He's like, well... Right. I don't. I like this team. I like that. I play on this video game. I play with this person. So I think we might be the last of the dying breeds <laughs> of the diehard... Uh, well, hopefully... I'm all over the place, but hopefully... I thought it's starting to change with the team being good. You think the so? Browns, that is. Okay. Rivalry again. Okay. Rivalries to me create pride. Um, unfortunate what happened with the Miles Garrett situation, this or that. It was a weird situation, but I think are you getting at the fact that like fans went to Pittsburgh 1 and they showed percent. they showed their yeah. Browns colors, even though potentially we're looking at a volatile situation, which never apparently occurred. And at the end of the day, we won. To me, it's like the Ohio State Michigan thing. If you're beating up a team like Pittsburgh was whooping us for years, it's, it's hard to talk smack. We could just talk yep. about, you know, what happened in the past or Pittsburgh sucks. But they were a better organization, better team than us. But I think now, which I thought was the stat is the first time we beat everybody in our division. In the division. Since the North was invented. But that just gives us, okay, we're building on something. Now we can talk smack to Baltimore. Now we can travel. Even this season, me and my friends were supposed to go to certain games that we would have never traveled to. We didn't. Because the season goes playing. Right. Well, you can recall those games were recently, in, and I guess the the Bengals game was one of them where you could get tickets on the secondary market for dirt. I took uh, cheap. this might be a great segue for you, but I took uh, fifty veterans uh, two years ago to the game because the tickets were two bucks. So I bought fifty tickets, two bucks with the fees was about one twenty, um, and then we had uh, a, a, a stand at the Browns game, so we got them food. But it actually, was the game we won against the Chargers. Okay. Yeah, it was actually the game. But you're right. It was it was looking at the ticket price that cheap going, you know what? There's still people out there. So we called the, the VA, and uh, they actually got some buses for us, and we, we brought some veterans to watch the one win we had that season. So 
That's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Even now, the, the prices I heard are, are extremely low. Um, and yet the year started out with guys going, hey, I'm uh, glad I still have my tickets. Yeah. And I sold one, this game or that game, and it's going to help me pay for most of my yeah. season tickets this Actually, year. Actually, uh, Chris Smith, who's okay. no longer on the team, um, Took care of my tickets for the opening game. Unfortunately, I actually sat next to uh, his late girlfriend. Oh yes. Um, in the stands, but even then it was like hard. Like even for them, like I'm friends with Christian Kersey, Larry Bajobi, a bunch of guys on the team, and they were like, "Oh, usually it's like, hey, do you want tickets?" Like, oh no, thank you. The first game it was like, I don't know, Rick. I'm already my allotment. Uh, you know, it's X Y Z that they would charge me for the tickets, which is okay. But uh, I just I like where it's going. I just think the Cleveland Browns fans are they your favorite team of the three to follow? Or your most emotionally attached to or hooked up with? I'm evenly. I'm even, man. Them I'm, and the Cavs, I assume, or, and or Indians. Indians. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm you're. I don't breed, know how not a rare to be. breed. Well, am I? I don't. Well, I mean, yeah. Do you have one? I mean, it seems like all anybody I ever hear talk about nowadays is the football is the football team, or people or people assume people want to hear about the. Football Are you that team. way? No, I enjoy them all. Yeah, and I, I cover them all, and I try to be fair and impartial. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm invested in the Indians, and I we got so close. By the way, I believe we didn't do what we were supposed to do because of juice balls. And what I mean by that is Minnesota, who kind of came out of nowhere and won the division, hit so many more home runs, broke records because they were a home run hitting team. We weren't built like that. So in my mind, disappointing, and it, it is what it is. As my mom would say, they had the same juice balls we have, but we're not. We weren't. A You're home saying run the team. Indians were not predicated on that, right? Because now if you know it was going to be a home run, you would adjust whatever. So my, in my mind, it was so depressing because I'm, I'm thinking, I'm that guy that thinks, not every season, but every game, my team is going to win. Right. I don't know who's going to come out. We play Houston Rockets today. I think the Cavs have a chance. Well. I wouldn't bet on it, <laughs> but uh, I, I I thought the Indians, I believe in in, in Frankie and, and 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 I believe in the, the squad, and I thought Jose what he did to come back, and it was like it was right there. It was amazing that first game he came back and what he did at the plate was and, crazy. Uh, Puig and and those guys that coming on, it's just like it was a very it, it was meant to be, and it just because you see even with Tampa like. Baseball is as divided as it is with the salaries. Yeah, it's it's about a six or seven teams here, and then everybody else trying to. But yet, you see teams like Tampa. Yeah. That's still at the end of the day, like, and that's why I think it's kind of cool to see the Yankees. I've never been one of those guys that's against. I actually like the Patriots. I know it's weird. I actually like Bill Belichick a lot. Well, I I used to literally go out and give speeches to companies about. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. And I would say, if you want to be a, a good company, yeah. this is what you copy. It's heresy for me to say that right. when I used to do it. And I believe that thoroughly. I mean, they, they didn't change. They had a, a business model, a coaching model, yeah. and they went out and won games. You respect it. You respect it. Uh, there's a gentleman named Nick Casario. Yeah. He's that from was, our area. My high school yeah. quarterback. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, he was... He was there when I was there at university school, and then Garrett, of course. Yep. Yeah. Uh, his Jason brother Garrett. was my uh, high school. I remember the whole Garrett family. Yeah, they were. He's my English teacher. My uh, his his brother. So I. Uh, it's just it's just it's just frustrating for 
the Browns and even the Cavs now, what they're going through. Because the Indians front office, as, as little money as we always have, whatever deals they make, and we know we can't keep up, whatever deals they make from CC to um, Cliff Lee. Yeah, but it, t- four years later, it's these guys that we never heard about, pop them in and boom. And Michael Brantley came yeah. off of one of those deals. Yeah. Yep. And it's just very frustrating to see what the Browns over the years, as my dad would say, you would almost have to try to get it this wrong. Absolutely. I think you win a game just l- by stumbling over your own. Yeah. You will, will walk. It's like walking to the store yeah. and, and forgetting what you're going to buy on the way to the store. Whereas if you're an NFL team, you're going to get to the store and you're going to realize, oh, geez, yeah, I did need milk. I need. And you just get Johnson, it. Johnson, 99. We haven't had. We haven't figured out the quarterback situation. It's been 20 years. And we thought we did. I, we we did, right? You you Okay. I wasn't a fan last year, and I got flack for it. You didn't like... Uh, I just felt like he came entitled. Um, I think he's, in not, some ways he's still that way. Not to, not to quote my dad a lot, but he's truly my best friend. Um, my dad has a line that he says that if someone's doing something no one else has done before in a way they've done it, there's a reason why they shouldn't do it. And what I mean by that is quarterbacks are usually humble. Actually, they're always humble. Um, I actually even asked you, can you name me a... Bold in your face quarterback. Joe Namath? Yeah, I mean he, historically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, saying that the, the Jets were gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And but he I mean, went and did it. Since then, can you name me another one? No. Not saying it as affects the field on the playoff the field, but it's just things. Uh comments. I mean, uh I'm really good friends, local guy. He's he's in New York now, but he's uh agent for Cam Newton, okay. represent Cap and other stuff, but he teaches these guys no comment. No comment. You don't it's want very, to inflame people. At all, especially when you're in that position. And you haven't won anything. Yeah, we got these commercials, this and that. And I understand it's a new day. and You're going to get these ads. I'm not mad if I'm making money and doing this and that. But it's like the Duke Johnson situation. Then it's the medical staff. Then it's uh, his wife is tweeting at people. It's like, stop. Yeah, let's give it a rest. Brady's here. not doing that. Uh, Breeze isn't doing that. I mean, right. actually nobody, even bad quarterbacks aren't doing that. Duck, whatever his name is, he's not doing it. It, it's, it's just, but, you know, people will explain that away by saying, and, I, and I'm playing devil's yeah, advocate. They'll, they'll explain that away by saying, well, you recall, you know, he walked on at uh, Texas Tech, and then, and then the, you know, then the world was against him. So he left there, and he walked on at Oklahoma, and, the world, and then he won the Heisman, and then he came to the pros, and then too short, not shouldn't be the number one overall pick. It's like, you know, he's heard this yeah. stuff. But I, I think there, he's crossing a bridge from going, been persecuted most of my life because I'm not the perfect fit for whatever, mm-hmm. to like now I'm emboldened to tell you all people, to all you people yeah. to just shut the I heck up. I don't disagree with you, and I think I know you probably do. You have a wife. Yes. I'm in a nonprofit sector. I'm smiling. I'm happy. There's events I do for people that don't do them back. I don't go on Twitter. I don't tell people. You just. It's just you just don't do it. It's a different stage. It's a different place. That might have worked in high school. Might have worked in college. But now you're getting paid a lot. You you represent more than just yourself. College is different. You, you're still a college kid. Right. You can do those things. This is you're progressive. You have uh, you have advertisement. You have TV. You have people like yourself. You have people covering it. You have uh, eighty thousand people on Sundays. It's not just you anymore. So we get it. You can be angry and what he did. The grocery, gro- grocery, excuse me. Even even that aspect, it was like, who in the organization then pulled him aside? 
I don't think anybody did. I really don't. And to me, that's a bigger issue. To me, like I, my my figured out thing would be the Browns should get a veteran coach who still thinks young. I say this jokingly, not beeline. Right. A, a veteran coach who still thinks young, and I want, I would love to get a veteran quarterback back up. Well, they know. had one in Stanton, yeah. you know, but. You know, he got hurt, so he's kind of in the picture, but not in the and picture. And now his guy, now the, the backup is his friend from... Yeah, it's from the same high school in friend. Austin. Yeah, he's pretty much not going to tell him anything, right. you know. I, I mean, think, And that's I think that's how you grow as well, an organization. You want to. With people with differing opinions that are not afraid to discuss things out and to come to a solution. And some someone's feelings are going to be hurt, but it's for the betterment of... The organization. Don't you think this is ironic too? Because the Browns historically are known to to to, to have players on the team past their prime, who've done well. Other organizations. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now for the Patriots. Um, he's on NFL. Uh, Jamie right Collins came here before, and then before, went... way before. Maybe like. Oh, uh, you're talking about the linebacker, yeah. uh, Willie McGinnis. Yeah, he he, he had those type and of people would be perfect now. Yeah, that we don't have. We, we don't we, have. We had them try to make them play important positions. But it seems like to me that would be on de- we don't have any on defense. Christian Kersey's a great friend of mine. For the last two years, he would tell me like Rick, they need, I'm need the more. oldest on. He would tell me like yeah. Rick, I'm the vet. He's leading them from the injured list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like Rick. This is something wrong. But it seems like to me now, Dorsey's done an okay job. He's brought talent here, but you got to bring culture. You got to bring. Uh, 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 a sense of forming the roster, the ways that you were speaking, where you it's not all just kids. It's not all just old guys. It's a good mix. There's got to be people. I don't think there's been a successful team in any sport where there wasn't that veteran leadership that yeah. was telling the young kids, get in line, you're being an idiot, stop it. Yeah. And and it, I think they need more Even of that. jokingly, I don't think Willie, Willis uh, McGinnis would let Freddie Kitchens wear that shirt. Even as a player, I'm saying. Yeah. So Freddie doesn't even. I mean, let's be honest. He's a running back coach. But even that, he's he was in the background this whole career, pretty much. And as he's in the front now, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's <laughs> like, crazy. Who molded him? That's crazy. And it's just weird to see. Like I said, it, it's Miles is a great guy, and even like I said, I'm friends with Larry. But I don't even think they have that veteran guy. Even Baker, just what he wears on the as a press conference. But my only fear is, is it too late? Would he listen? That's my only thing is, like, wear a suit. You know what? Look a certain way. Be a certain way. We when the it. certain person comes along that he's ready to listen to, he'll listen to. I don't know who that person Has is. Has there ever been he, one? I don't know. Is it his father? Is it um, Jimmy Haslam? Is it, is it See, for me, Ricky Smith? Who, I don't know. No, he would just block us and yell at us. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, losing. Losing. Losing and not doing well. But even, even in the losing, it seems like... Freddie and, and, and Baker just, it turns up even more. And it's like, I hate to say the humble part because you don't want to, to, to take someone being humble and them losing their confidence. And I can see how they can go hand in hand, but it's like, all right, let me just turn my phone off. Let me get off Twitter. Let me every day just go after them and just practice, practice, practice. You didn't get to be who you are and do what you're doing without watching others, learning from your mistake and, and, and realizing, maybe not openly, but maybe openly. You had bosses told you, people, mentors, and say, hey, John, work on this, or you didn't do this, or work on these things. Like I said, even just with myself, not trying to make myself better than great, but 
I listened to literally about 200 podcasts before I started a podcast. So I wanted to learn. I want to do this. I want to learn that. I want to see this. I'm not good at doing this. I don't know how to do live reads. It's a running joke. I cannot do a live read to save my life. So I sit down. I practice it. But it comes from a place of knowing what you're not good at. Right. Not you saying, oh, they're just haters. No. It's a joke that I always say. It's not haters. You just, you're know just not you, doing well. Know what you need work <laughs> right. on. You know, recognize that. And, and go from there. I don't know who's telling those guys. And then Dorsey disappeared. Yeah. Which, do you ever? He comes, he speaks to the media in the middle of the season, which he did, which was actually earlier than the middle, just because the way the uh, buy came. And we haven't heard anything since. Well, there will be something at the end of the year. Was but, he like that before? Um, it's always seems to have been that way. Okay. Yeah. And I want to, I want to hear more from them and I'd like the local media to have more access or more ability to get stuff out of Berea. It always seems like they're as tight lipped as possible. And then the national people are the ones, right. you know, that get it. All right, let's go. Random acts of kindness everywhere, everywhere. It was, how did that begin? It was actually supposed to be every day, but I was too aggressive. I was like <laughs> sometimes everywhere. Um, the long, short story, I'll try to do it in 30 seconds or less, was married, got divorced, ended up just on hard times. No one knew it. I was in San Diego. A guy named Antonio Garay, who used to play for the Browns. He was a, a D lineman. Um, walked in a random bar. I was in San Diego. And I uh, was like, hey, uh, what's going on? I was like, I just got served divorce papers. He was like, well, you could stay at my place. And I was like, eh, I'll be all right. I'll figure it out. Two days later, ended up staying with him. Uh, it was a kindness and stuff like that. But I, at the time... I was kind of funny. I had a following online. wasn't trying to be funny, but going through divorce, trying to figure it out. Okay. And a woman by the name of Tashina Arnold, who played Pamela Martin and the mother on Everybody Hates Chris, was like, come to L.A. I didn't really know her. She's like, you have a key to my house. Come to L.A. You're funny. Figure it out. Here's a key. I moved to L.A. with just my car, some minimal stuff I had. Um, was living in her house. Had three jobs. Worked at L.A. Live, Bellman, just trying to figure it out. And her daughter, I don't really tell this story much, her daughter, who was like six at the time, well, kids say the darnest things, she goes, when are you going to move out and get a job? And I was like, okay, that's that's my cue. Moved out prematurely, actually lost uh, the two jobs I had, just whatever, maybe lived in my car, car got repossessed. So I joked that they took my house, and your my car, car, my living room. And your keys. <laughs> everything. Um <laughs> So I'm just going through it, but a friend convinced me. I told my buddy, and she was like, just stay in L.A. another week. Okay. Just stay on my couch. Just don't give up. And I came down to that Sunday. I had 20 bucks left of my name. And I was going to call my mom and dad. And you say, hey, I'm coming back to Cleveland. Just not giving up on life, but just, you know what? I tried the L.A. thing. It didn't work. And I took 20 bucks, and I bought four or $5 Little Caesars pizzas. As a screw you to God, the universe, it wasn't from a, a happy place by any means. And started having a slice of pizza with the homeless people in L.A. And I remember the first person I offered a slice to, because I don't eat this crap. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I'm a vegan. And I'm like, okay. Only uh, in L.A., yeah, I was baby. Like, All right, buddy, let's try it. Let's try again. And uh, did that with their permission, shared their story. And it was it was something interesting that happened because they had no idea what I was going through. I didn't know what they were going through, but we were just sharing a bite, just just eating pizza with their permission, kind of shared this story, called it like pizza party with my friends and eight other people did in other cities. And the next day I'm getting ready to call my mom and dad and Cartoon Network called and said they had my writing gig that I was up for. Just like that. Just like that. It was for showing adult swim called Black Dynamite. And it was just like, 
okay, uh, we got to keep going. Yeah, at the time, it was less than 100 African-American TV writers. Uh, I'd never wrote any, written on anything before. Wow. And I was doing that, did that show, and it was in between our writing gigs. And um, I auditioned for a movie called Think Like a Man 2 okay. with Kevin Hart, and I had never auditioned. And I bombed it so bad, but I was watching this show called Naked and Afraid. Okay. Where they take two people, put them in the middle of nowhere, and they try to see if they can make it out. So I'm sitting on a friend's couch, watching the show, eating pizza. And I was like, how cool would it be if I went cross-country with nothing but a cell phone and ID, doing acts of kindness, but letting my friends and followers along the way tell me what to do. Kind of like a Sims game. And uh, I uh, I went and researched it. I was going to walk it. Okay. And a guy I researched had walked from Denver to New York and broke his foot just from brittleness. And at the time, a guy who was in Dubai goes, I have a $80,000 car just sitting in Oberlin. If you get to Oberlin, Ohio, you can take it for three weeks. Another woman goes, I'm in Dallas. I'm an airline stewardess. I'll get you a buddy pass. So now I'm going, okay, this is real. <laughs> Go to the airport with nothing but a cell phone ID, which, by the way, my name is Richard Smith, which uh, not the best thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Post 9-11 is going to the airport with nothing. But I fly to Cleveland. My mom and dad picked me up. I didn't tell them everything because it right. sounded crazy. But I went to... Uh, Went there, they drove me to Oberlin, got the car. Okay. Uh, and I had, I made two rules. I couldn't ask for anything, and I couldn't say no to my followers. So I did that 17 days cross country, just doing random acts of kindness along the way. And that was six years ago. And you just could let it fly. You just let life, it fly. Right? I didn't know anybody I was staying with. Uh, random couches, random people, just random followers. Didn't know anything I was going to do. I had things from pillow drives to Times Square handing out cupcakes to. Uh, doing a prom at a senior citizen's home. But along the way, but the cool thing was other people in other cities would do the same things. They would model what I was doing in their cities. And I'll never forget, I was about to go back to L.A. And my, one of my last stops was Vegas. And a buddy of mine, a mentor named Dave Stewart, goes, there's no way you'll go back to being normal. I go, no, I'm one of the writing gigs. I'm fine. And I went back to L.A. for three days and go, you know what? I got to keep going. So made a 501c3, Men's Health Magazine did this, flew me out to New York, did this whole huge uh, article called me. At the time, I was top three most inspirational person for that year. Um, McDonald's hit a whole ad campaign, billboards, magazines, um, you name it. Honda, the next tour, I've done nine of them to date, where I do 50 cities in 30 days. Honda donated a car to one of them, um, but you name it, I've done it. But the whole fun of it for me is... I always say I started Rake not to help people, but to motivate, inspire people to help people. When I first started, it was a little, not bad, but you know how the internet is. I would get comments like, how cool would it be if this guy did nice things but didn't, didn't talk about them? Yeah. And I never, the same mentor jokingly goes, well, tell them about Jesus. They had a whole book written about him. And he goes, <laughs> and then we, we kind of saw, though, it's, with social media, I, I, took, I talked to a lot of kids and I tell them, instead of taking 20 selfies, Take 19, but show yourself doing good. People might think you're bragging, but it's going to motivate and inspire other people. We, in October, just did uh, 150,000 pairs of socks, all with a hashtag from social media. Um, It's just, to me, this day and age, we have these phones. We have access to people. We don't understand their power. We don't at all. And I think it's, even just in the last six years of me doing this, it's completely changed. It's people who get that we need kindness, not to get political, because I don't want to by any means, but I think... Just with politics now, everyone has, I, I believe everyone now has this mental structure that has to be either A or B. Yeah. Left or right. No, it's like sports. Literally no. Yeah, exactly. And people never Steelers, say like, hey, Browns, I yeah. don't know. 
I don't have an opinion. I'm going to sit this one out. I got to think some more. Yeah. yeah. So I think in the middle part, just just be kind. I mean, you never, I truly say, you're, you're going through something right now. I'm going through something. Everyone's going through something. So you never know the, 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 the little bit of kindness you do. Um, the Men's Health Magazine piece, they captured it. Mm-hmm. This woman, uh, Burberry uh, business suit, didn't look needy, didn't like she needed anything. I bought her tea. And at first she's like, I don't need the tea, like very rude about it. And I was like, no, 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 let me get you tea. Turned out her mom and dad had passed the day before. So she was like, thank you. So you just never know. It's kind of fun to be that. It's almost like a, a secret superhero. But the thing that's cool for me is you get something out as well when you do something for others. So even from a selfish perspective, it's, it gives yourself purpose. I always say, man, that's the key to life is, is having hope and purpose. And even when down and out and I literally didn't have anything I speak to a lot of kids. I'm like, everyone literally has a purpose. If you have voice, if you have, even if you have voice. Um, There's a little kid a couple years ago, this seminar I spoke at, he comes to me after, he goes, I'm five years old. <laughs> he goes, what am I supposed to do? I, whatever. And I go, off the top of my head, I go, bubble gum. He goes, what? I just go, just get bubble gum and just be the guy in your neighborhood that passes out bubble gum. A year later, he's like, thank you. In my neighborhood, I'm the bubble gum guy. I got, I got double mint, I got double bubble. Double bubble. <laughs> he's like, I got all the bubble gum. And yeah, his mom smiling yeah, and laughing. Yeah. High five. I teach people how to high five. That's nice. You know the high five trick? Show me it. You look at the other person's elbow. Okay. Okay. And you always do a perfect high five. Oh. Look at my elbow. No, you look at mine. Look at yours. Go. Yep. Now high five it. Always perfect. And you smile like that. See? That's fantastic. It's very minor what people can do, but I think we get so bogged, bogged up on watching Ellen's or watching the Kim Kardashians where we think you have to be rich. You have to be famous. You have to have a million followers or this or that. But the, the thing for me is just everyone can do something. Everyone can do something. Be creative. I, I tell the kids, if you're good at music, you know, play music for your friends or teach your friends music. Or if you're good at art, if you're good at planting trees. I mean, AJ Petiti, uh, yeah. a local guy, we, we do about 10,000 plants and trees around Cleveland. Yeah, I'm not a green person at all. But he but is. He is. He is. So we come together and it's... Those are the fun things to me. But I, as you saw outside, my license plate literally is F-U-N, fun. And just a reminder that kindness doesn't have to be stale. Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper, we went on tour, one of his tours, and we did a different kindness, act of kindness along the way. Here's this guy that people think, you know, this badass and this and that, but everyone can do something. That's the fun of it. Yeah. Well, I, I, can't, I can't top what you just said. I literally can't. <laughs> And I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you, man. It, like, even, and I'm going to say something that's going to sound very corny, and you'll probably dismiss it. Even when I tweeted out and you retweeted and, 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 and was a fan, that to me was, like, the, the biggest. You never know who's watching or what people affect. So here you are for years. How long have you been on there? Here? The, uh, much more than they want me to. Okay, but in Cleveland. 40 years. Okay. 40 years at, at Foxy. I've been a fan of yours watching this TV as a little kid with the one TV, this and that. And it's like, oh, here's this guy. To me, is a legend. Just literally favorite, retweeted, whatever. So you never know what Inspire motivates. Angel, I tell her about it. She gets excited. So it's like this whole thing, but it's energies. I believe in like, I believe in energies. I believe in spirits. I believe we have so much. Positive energy. I, I do. And I, I, I really don't think we, come back to Cleveland Browns fans. <laughs> I really don't think we understand Actually, I'm going to take it all the way back um, to Baker, to why he should stop that. I do this thing, man. So my first ever charity event here in Cleveland, we do this thing called Hashtag Lunch Bag yeah. locally where we make lunches. And the first one I did, 12 people showed up. And What year was that? This is six years ago. Okay. 
And my dad says something that I always, anybody asks for advice for any charity event. He sounds like a great guy to get advice. Oh, this is my guy. It's my guy. He said, worry about the people who came. Yeah. Worry about the people who came. He He goes, the moment you talk about the people who didn't come, you're crapping on the ones that did come. True. Because they got up, they came. Those six people came. They were loyal they to you. They made a priority. They came. They're all that matters. That six is going to come to 12. That 12 is going to come to 24. But never dress. The, the thing I always say, man, is people do these things. Oh, I'm trying to prove my haters wrong. I'm trying to ple- I'm trying to prove that people believe in me right. Because they're the ones. Why, why would I give that energy? Because they're still not going to like me. So even if I do something great, they say, well, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. So even Why to, is he doing that stuff? So what's, what's his motive? We've never addressed this. Maybe I should start tweeting at him. But that, to me, that would be my thing to Baker. Who, they're still not going to like you. So let's focus on the ones that that, that have your back. Let's let's change this narrative. Let's We're here now. You're Baker. in the pros. Your first pick. You got paid like a first pick. You're our quarterback. We, 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 we came to the season with you. Let's figure it out. But you, leave the negative energy. Like, let's just... I just like thought that. of something. Okay. Baker. Yeah. As in rake, random acts of mm. kindness everywhere. Baker, benevolent acts of kindness every receiver. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's impressive. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth anything. Yeah, but no, that's, well, there's a million t-shirt companies in Cleveland. So somebody probably yeah, start printing probably out one, t-shirt as we right speak. Now, as we speak. That's crazy. Thank you, Ricky. No, it's a pleasure, 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 my, my man. My pleasure, my friend. Happy holidays to you. Same, 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 same. You got it, boss. Thanks, bud. Thanks a lot to Ricky for the great chat, and I certainly hope you have the opportunity to tune into the podcast that he does with Angel Gray, Random Acts of Podcasting, and it's on the Blue Wire Network of podcasts. Very, very down-to-earth talk as they talk sports and all other types of things here in Northeast Ohio. Ricky Smith, thanks very much for your time. Have a great, great holiday season. And gang, we will look forward to the next time we meet right here on this podcast on Tellage Talks. Have a great holiday. Bye-bye.